Thank you for tuning in to the City Light West Council Bluff Sermon Podcast. We are a church that exists to multiply disciples and churches that is located in Council Bluffs, Iowa. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org or follow us on Facebook at City Light West Council Bluffs and Instagram at City Light West CB. All right, City Light. If you guys could remain standing, we're going to read the Bible out of Matthew chapter 28. And uh, let's go ahead and, and take a look at that. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. says, Now the eleven disciples were t- went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That is the reading of God's word. City Light, you can be seated. Man, worship band, thank you so much. You guys rocked it today. Kenan about fell. That's all right. Well, I too want to say happy birthday, City Light West Council Bluffs. Man, Jesus is doing a, a great work. And as, um, You may know already, this is a family Sunday, and there are some coloring sheets, I think, and some little things for the, uh, for the kiddos to follow along. And if you do those during the worship gathering, and if you, uh, you take those back to Cheyenne, who is back in the back corner of uh, this section right here, um, she will give you a prize. So who is not up for that? Any of you adults want to go grab? Something, maybe get a little prize here at the, uh, the end of our worship gathering. That'd be awesome if the, uh, the smell of smoked meat isn't already tempting you enough. My name is Chuck, and it is a privilege to get to be one of your pastors. Um, and man, I'm just, I can't believe that it's already been a year. I mean, there's been a lot of things that have happened in this last year since we actually launched as a legit church. Six months before This Sunday last year, we actually started meeting as a core team, and that allowed us to kind of get some of our systems and structures in place and uh, get some some things taken care of, like serving teams, and we formed an advisory team. Uh, So those are some of the things that kind of led up to this Sunday a year ago. And in some ways, even though it, uh, it seems like it's been a long time, it felt like time has actually flown by. Um... And I don't know if you guys started with us at the, at the very beginning and was there at that very first core team gathering, or if this is your very first Sunday uh, gathering with us in this space, or maybe if you just uh, linked arms with us somewhere in between. I want to let you guys know that just like this Sunday, every other Sunday in the past and every other Sunday in the future, we're here for one person. We're here for Jesus Christ. We're here to lift him up and tell the story that he saves sinners through his life, death, and resurrection. That's what we're here this morning to do. That's what we've been here to do. And as God gives us grace to move into the the future, that's what we're going to continue to do. 
Because it's not a couple of dudes, one who plays the guitar and leads worship really well, one who just likes a lot of people around in the room. It's, it's not just about that. Jesus is the one who changes lives. Jesus is the one who rescues us from our addictions. Jesus is the one who breaks the chains. Jesus is the one that we honor. He is the one who makes all things new and redeems all things to himself. He's the one that changes lives. He's the one that loves us no matter what. He's the one that's with us when we feel alone or abandoned. We celebrate Jesus because he's the one that he gave his life on the cross. He shed his blood for our sin. He paid a price that we couldn't pay, died a death that we should have died. He was the one who knew no sin, but he became sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God. That is what theologians have called for centuries the great exchange. Jesus took our place and gave us his place. But we don't come here this morning to celebrate a dead Savior. We gathered to to celebrate a risen Savior because Jesus didn't just die, he rose again. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He, after he rose from the dead, he gathered with some friends, had some fish sandwiches, and hung out, did a little bit more teaching. And then as he, uh, as he finished up that time of teaching, he spoke the words to us that we just read this morning. That is who we celebrate. And before as he said that, as he said, I will come again, Jesus will come again. And when he comes, he won't come as a, as a slain lamb. He's going to come as a risen king that we can celebrate and worship for eternity. That is who we celebrate. That is why we celebrate. We gather together every Sunday to celebrate King Jesus. That's the story of the gospel. The story that God saves sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. It's a rescue story, right? It's a rescue story. Anybody ever, anybody ever needed rescued? Yeah. Anybody more than once? Okay. I don't feel so bad. I actually needed rescued twice in my life, and both of them are in regards to water. And uh, the last time was... Uh, was over in Lake Manawa, I was uh, training for, or actually I was participating in, the, in, what, in what they call a sprint triathlon. And a sprint triathlon is um, you, you run or you swim 750 yards, you uh, bike 15 miles, and then you run 3.1 miles all in the same, like the same day, with, like all at the same time. It's not like you got different days to do that. It's all at the same time. And so um, I had trained for a little bit. I I was comfortable on the bike. I loved riding the bike. So I would always get out on the bike or ride uh, to get that 15 miles to try to get that down to a decent time. I didn't enjoy running as much, but I would get out and I'd run a little bit and got that down time, you know, to where it was a little bit more competitive, competitive. But I struggled with swimming. I've always struggled with swimming. And, um, and so I didn't put a whole lot of time into that piece. And it actually came back and kind of, kind of bit me in the 
hinder parts. <laughs> because we got to that day, it was like, it was like on a Sunday in August and came time for the competition. Everybody's pumped up and you're lined up and they, they release the guys first and then they release the gals and all the guys are lined up and, and you go out and everybody runs into the water and when it gets to, to the point where it's just a little bit too, uh, too deep for you, you start, you know, you dive in and you start going into your strokes. Well, I had my strokes down, started, started swimming well and then um, I was about 100, maybe 150 yards in and I'm like, this is hard. <laughs> This is some work. <laughs> and so um, I, a friend of mine told me, Chuck, if you get tired, um, it's going to be calm enough out there. You, all you have to do is just kind of a turnover on your back and just kind of backpedal for a little bit. And uh, you'll, you'll, you'll be fine. Then you'll be able to get back on your belly and go. Well, I did that. I got tired. And so I got back on my back. And I look up and all the women are coming at me. <laughs> they look like a bunch of piranhas jumping around in the water. And I'm like, oh, no, what am I going to do? They swam by me, and one of them, as she was swimming by, she didn't mean to, but she grabbed my shoulder and pushed me under. And I'm like, I'm taking on water. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to die. I need rescued. And so this, uh, um, there was uh, people on these um, paddle boards. And so they, I said, hey, I need help. I need help. I need help. They quickly came over, threw me a couple noodles, called the boat, and I was rescued. <laughs> now, some of you guys might be saying, hey Chuck, did you know that Lake Manawa is only like four feet deep? <laughs> you probably could have just stood up and have been just fine, but I wasn't well aware of that. But guys, the story of the Bible, the story of the Bible is a rescue story. But it's not about a guy in a shallow lake that didn't train well enough for the, the swim piece. It's not about me who thought he might drown. It's a story about how mankind, humanity, is drowning in sin. It's a story of no matter how hard you try, no, how many, no, no matter how many good things you try to do, no matter how moral you might be, you need to be rescued. We need to be rescued. Our best efforts aren't good enough. We need rescued from sin. And so the good news is that God is on a mission to rescue us from sin through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. This rescue story is a story of a God who is on mission. All right? And what, what we just read a few minutes ago is us. We are called out to be a part of that mission. We are sent out by Jesus to be a part of that, that mission. And just before he ascends into heaven and sends us out on mission, that's what he does. He says, you guys are going out on mission. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, and remember, I am with you even to the end of the age. Here's what I want us to see this morning. God accomplishes his mission through the obedience of ordinary people. All right? God accomplishes his mission, this rescue mission, through the obedience of ordinary 
people. Each of us got into this room today through a a long chain of events, through a long chain of men and women who were simply obedient to do what God was calling them to do. None of these people were perfect people. They were broken people, but God used them to be a part of his story to rescue us through Jesus, all right? So that's the idea. God accomplishes his mission through the obedience of ordinary people. And even though we read Genesis chapter, or Matthew chapter 28, this story goes all the way back to, this, to Genesis, the very first book in the Bible. And we're going to pick this up in verse number 12. Most people believe that, um, that Genesis was probably written somewhere around 1450 to 1500 BC. So we're going way back uh, to this in, in this story. Let's pick it up in verse number 12 of, of or verse number one of Genesis chapter 12. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. The Bible tells us in the, um, in the beginning of Genesis of how God created everything and that it was good. First three chapters of Genesis, God creates everything. He looks at it over and over and he says, and it was good. He places man in the garden, Adam and Eve in the garden. He says, hey, any tree that you want to eat, you can, you can eat of it, except for one. And what happens? They go to the one that they weren't supposed to eat, and they begin eating off of that. And both of them were tempted. They did exactly what God commanded them not to do. And because of that, sin entered the world. Sin became a part of what we know. Brokenness became a part of what we know. Before that time, that did not happen. The perfect relationship between God and man was broken. There was fellowship, perfect fellowship, perfect uh, relationship between God and man. But now, because of sin entering into the world, that was broken. And so here we are in Genesis chapter 12, a few chapters later, and God comes to Abraham and he says, everything that went wrong back there, I'm going to make right. And I'm going to do it through you. I'm going to do it through you. The nations will be blessed. The nations will be made glad through what I do in you. And so Abraham, Abram as he's known here, an ordinary guy, was obedient to do exactly what God told him to do. And so from that point on, we read stories, all kinds of stories in the Old Testament of how God God uses murderers like Moses. He uses prostitutes like Rahab, who Rob referenced in his video. He uses adulterers like King David. He uses all of these ordinary people to bring about his mission. God accomplishes his mission through the obedience of ordinary people. But it doesn't end there, does it? Jesus was born into a blue-collar family. His earthly father was a common carpenter. He was baptized by a prophet that most people thought were crazy. was crazy. 
Those who were closest to him, his disciples were probably considered the rejects and the nobodies of the time. But it was those people that God used to turn the world upside down. City Light, God accomplishes his mission through the obedience of ordinary people. Throughout history, this same story has worked out over and over again. And we could go from the New Testament all the way through to where we are now, but I'm going to pick it up in the 1870s when a pastor whose name was A.B. Simpson, he gave up the, um, the comfort of being in a large church with a, lot, with a lot of security in Louisville, Kentucky. He said, no, I feel God's calling me to the docks in New York City. And so he went to the docks in New York City and just preached the gospel to floods of, flood, the flood of immigrants that was coming into our country at that time. And he, as he was preaching the gospel, as he was telling the story of how God saves sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of people, of, of Jesus, people began to believe. People began to trust Christ. Dozens of people began to trust Christ. Dozens turned into hundreds. Hundreds turned into thousands. And before you know it, there's a revival going on on the East Coast. And churches are planted. Bible colleges are formed. And the the message of the gospel is getting out into um, our communities. Dozens of people believe the gospel. Churches were planted all over the world through the denomination that we're part of called the Christian and Missionary Alliance. Then in 1903, a man by the name of Robert Brown heard the story of the gospel in upstate New York, and he believed that what Jesus did on the cross, he did for him. He was baptized, discipled, and started telling the story of the message of the gospel to anyone who would listen. Robert Brown became known as Dr. Robert Brown, who was a pioneer in Christian radio, and in 1921, eventually made his way to Omaha, Nebraska, and planted a church known as the Omaha Gospel Tabernacle. Meanwhile, in 1893, a group of people began to have Bible studies led by Mrs. W.M. Copeland and E.M. Berglund on the west end of Council Bluffs. These Bible studies led to a new church plant that met in various parts of our city. Sometimes they met in the front yards of places. Sometimes they met in bars, but they met wherever they could meet so that they could talk about this beautiful story of the gospel. And then these Bible studies, uh, as they formed this new church plant, Um, they were able to uh, buy a building from a church down on Bayless Park um, and they moved that building to this spot here on 32nd and C. And that church became known as the Dodge Memorial Church. Meanwhile, over in Omaha, the Omaha Gospel, Gospel Tabernacle eventually changed its name to Christ Community Church. You may have heard of that church. They grew and flourished in their influence and um, eventually they had an effective college ministry and there was a young student 
who invited a guy by the name of Gavin Johnson to the college gathering that night. And over the course of time, Gavin Gavin came to know Jesus. He trusted that what Jesus did on the cross, he did for him. And teamed up with a guy named Chris Haruska. And after a prayer gathering in a front room of a guy's house named Jack Arendt in 2012, they decided to plant a church over North Omaha called City Light. 2016, you saw them talking to us today. A couple of guys named Eric Wiggum and Doug Stevens felt God leading them to plant a church in a city that had long been known as a place where church plants go to die. They, along with a, a group of people that wanted to reach Council Bluffs, planted City Light Council Bluffs. Then, in 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, and in one of the most economically depressed areas of our state, God called us. A group with passion for the West End. He called us to plant a church in a borrowed building that met for the first time on the corner of 29th and J. And we were, almost, we were there for almost a, a year nearly rent-free. And then, in what to me is one of the most incredible acts of generosity and truly miraculous, God led the people of Dodge Memorial Christian Church to hand over a building, their assets, a hundred years of legacy, so that we could have a place to reach people on the West End. City Light, God accomplishes His mission through ordinary people. We just tracked through about 3,400 years of history in a short few minutes. But I want you to listen to some of those names. Abraham, Moses, Rahab, David, Joseph, Mary, Albert Simpson, Robert Brown, Mrs. W.N. Copeland, E.M. Berglund, Gavin Johnson, Chris Haruska, Doug Stevens, Eric Wiggum, Kenan Bear, Chuck Kaiser, and then there's people like Amy Cook, Kevin Levitt, Jane Ashley, Mike Starner, Kelsey Murray. Guys, I could go on and on and on, but here's what I want you guys to see. God accomplishes His mission through the obedience of ordinary people. And here's what that means for us as we move forward. We are a year old, and we are just getting started. But as I look around, I I want us to see how God is accomplishing His mission through the obedience of ordinary people. And what I see this last year has excited me for the, it's gotten me excited to see what God's going to do for the next 10. 
Many of us in this room are radically different because of what God is doing in our life. Many of us are radically different because of an invite or a conversation. Many of us are radically different because somebody understood and became obedient to the command that Jesus gave when he said, go and make disciples. We have been deeply transformed by his grace. You know, I also want to address some of us may be in this room and you've had some significant times of growth in Jesus, but now you feel like you're stalled out or maybe things aren't going exactly like you thought they should go. Maybe at one point you connected to a city group or you were reading your Bible. You felt like you were falling in love with Jesus, but then the struggles came back, right? Those addictions began knocking on the door. Those realities of life began to slap you upside the face. And you might be thinking, Jesus is finished with me because I've, I've put all that stuff away. That growth that I experienced, I, I kicked it to the curb. And you might be thinking, Jesus is finished with me. But let me remind you that God accomplishes His mission through the obedience of ordinary people. What Jesus got started in you, he's not done with you yet. You're here in this space, and that shows that Jesus is not done with you yet. God accomplishes his mission through the obedience of ordinary people. People like Ben and Holly, Franks. We've got probably, I don't know, four or five people that are uh, on the bump. That's a baseball term for getting ready to pitch, right? They're on the bump for, um, to get baptized. And uh, they all, in some way or another, know Ben and Holly. They all know Ben and Holly Franks. Ben and Holly were part of our very first core gathering over at Walnut Grove. And, he's, and they've jumped in and serving all kinds of ways. Now, neither one of them are like pastors or professional people and how to share the gospel but you know what they do they just say hey come come hang out at at church with us come and see what what jesus has been doing in our life they aren't they they just follow jesus and they invite others to come along the way but here's what i want you to see that's how god works god accomplishes his mission and he does it through ordinary people like Ben and Holly Franks. And you have people like Bryce and Erica Hatcher, who became part of our church just a few months ago. And they're, um, they're jumping in. They jumped into city group. They're jumping into different uh, serving teams. Now, they're not calling fire down from heaven. You know, they're not writing um, doctoral dissertations on the soteriological effects of the eschatological times. That was Kenan's line. (laughs) They're not doing anything like that. But you know what they are doing? Bryce is running sound. And Erica is jumping into City Like Kids. Guys, God accomplishes his mission. And he uses the obedience of people like Bryce and Erica Hatcher to do that. Ordinary, everyday type of people so let me ask you this is where it's about to get for real for real all right 
how is God using you to accomplish his mission? What is he asking you to do? Are you walking in obedience, in simple obedience? Or maybe I should like even take it a step back. Do you know the story of the gospel? Have you been rescued by Jesus? Have you been rescued from drowning in sin through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus? Are you even a disciple of Jesus? Have you come to that place in your life where you've placed your trust in what Christ did on the cross? You've placed your trust in that gift that he's given you. You said, I want to follow this risen king, this risen savior. He's not in a grave. I want to follow him. Have you gotten to that point? I want to let you know there's not a better moment than right now to admit that there's brokenness in your life. To believe that what Jesus did on the cross, he did for you. And then to commit your life to following him. Let me ask you, are you making disciples? In Matthew 28, Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. That is our mission, to make disciples, to rescue people through the gospel, through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Ordinary people, us, ordinary people on the west end of Council Bluffs, spreading this story, spreading this message all over our city. The command is colossal, but Jesus asks all of us to go do it, and he empowers us with the Holy Spirit to be able to take that step. We're not on our own. He says at the end, and behold, I am with you always. In Acts chapter 1, he said the Holy Spirit is going to come, and the Holy Spirit has come. And we do this. We do this command. We, um, we make disciples not on our own efforts, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. And listen, guys, I love the fact that we have a building. I love the fact that we're on the corner of 32nd and C. But can I just remind you, God didn't tell us, Jesus didn't tell us to go and get a building. Jesus didn't say, go hole up in a building, and, uh, and that's, when you do that, then you got everything squared up. No, he said, go and make disciples of what? All nations. Go and make disciples of all nations. That is what Jesus has called us to do. And so, how can you, in simple obedience, be a part of this mission that God is doing? How can you, in simple obedience, jump in and do what Jesus has called you to do? There's a role that you were created to play. There's a story that you were rescued to tell. And I want to encourage you this morning to tell that story. Play that role. And together, let's jump in and make disciples here on the West End of Council Bluffs. Now, how, how do we do that? 
A lot of you guys are like, man, I want to, Chuck, but how do I do it? It could be as simple as talking to a friend, hearing their story, inviting them out for coffee, hearing their story, and then telling your story, telling others what Jesus has done in you, how you've come to know Jesus, telling people that story. It could be as simple as taking an invite card and handing it to somebody and saying, hey, we gather on Sunday mornings. We'd love for you to join us. You know, it, it might be jumping into a city group. That might be the next step for you. It could be starting another city group. Multiplying disciples doesn't have to be hard. All it takes is obedience from simple, ordinary people. That's what we are, right? Are we, in, are we together on this? Guys, God accomplishes His mission through the obedience of ordinary people. And I'm so glad that we are doing this together. All right, let's pray. Father, we're thankful for all that you've done. We're thankful that you first gave your life to die on the cross for our sin. We're thankful that you opened our eyes to the reality of what sin is and what brokenness looks like in our life, and you compelled us to trust you. And God, we just ask this morning that you would do that again. Would you do it again? Father, would you do it again? Would you do it over and over in this room? Call people to yourself. Open people's eyes to let them know the beauty of who you are and what you've done. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory. Not only for what you've done this past year, but for what you're going to do these next five, next 10, next 20. Father, we pray, Lord, that many disciples are made. Dozens, hundreds, thousands of people come to know you as a result of this group of people that gathers on the corner of 32nd C. We praise you. We love you. We ask you to work. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for listening. This podcast is not intended to serve as a substitute for gathering with a local body of believers, but as a resource that encourages and empowers you to follow Jesus as your heart is pointed towards the gospel. If you want to learn more about our church, visit citylightwestcb.org.